wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host, and thank you for tuning in today. It's always our pleasure and privilege to welcome you to the program and uh, please stay with us for the whole hour because uh, this will be an interesting uh, program we are talking about the law and is the moral law still relevant today you know uh, that's a good question to to ask and to know uh, some answers uh, and you can be part of this program uh, I always like to invite you to join us by uh, sending a text message to zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one and you can write a question or maybe a comment um, just a thought and you can be part of this program sharing with us uh, on this topic is the moral law still relevant but I would like to welcome uh, in the studio here Tracy Papandreou, our um, co-host. Hi, Nick, and hi to everyone. It's good to have you with us, uh, Tracy. And also, I would like to welcome uh, via phone uh, David De Lima, the director of Family Voice Australia. David, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, Nick and Tracy. Wonderful to be with you once again. Hi, it's, David. It's good to have you with us, David. Now, uh, you couldn't make it to come um, uh, with us in the studio, but yeah, it's good to be able to connect even uh, via uh, the phone. And David, uh, just stay with us. Uh, I will come back to you in a, in a sec, but I just want to um, give a little bit of feedback about uh, what we were talking about so far this week. Uh, under this... Um, Title Is the moral law relevant in the third millennium? We talked about um, some of the questions, you know, like uh, what are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? Or is the Old Testament legalistic? Is the Bible law the same? Did Christ do away with the law? I believe the, those are very good questions you know, to look at and to, to understand from the Bible, what the Bible says in, uh, in this regard. But uh, yeah, today, as I said, um, we are going to, to ponder a bit more on this question. Is the moral law still relevant? And my dear listener, I'm inviting you to come and uh, be part with us don't be shy just need to send a text message to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one with a question or uh, a comment in regard to this topic david let me not um, hold you too long on the on the line uh, and i'm coming to you right now the moral law the bible can we start uh, by looking at the law in general? I mean, can you give us a little bit of a um, background, uh, mm. what that means, law? Yes, yes. Well, the concept of law, Nick, is a good one. And God himself is the one true lawgiver and judge we read in Scripture. So the notion of lawmaking is right at the heart of God, the laws of the universe, the physical laws, the chemical laws, the biological laws. These are all of God's doing. Uh, and, of course, the moral laws as well. That's very important here in South Australia where mm. we're broadcasting from today, of course, because tomorrow is our state election. 
and we'll see whether the Marshall government is returned or whether the Malinowskis right. opposition will be elected. But either way, they will be making laws. They'll be adjusting laws and making laws. And this is conceptually a good thing. Now, sometimes our parliaments let us down. In part, that's our fault for electing people who sometimes aren't as wise as they ought to be. And in part, because we do not have parliamentarians who sufficiently understand their role, their God-ordained role, to commend what is right and to punish what is wrong. But law is a good thing. I'm, I'm reminded of the first of the Psalms, of course. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Yes. So law is something that rightly understood is something that which, which should delight us. That may be an interesting thought as we go to the polls tomorrow here in South Australia. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, David, uh, so what is the value of the law? Yes. Uh, scripture gives us a number of answers to that question. The law in the New Testament is described for us as a tutor or a guardian. It's there prior to us coming to the opportunity to have faith in Christ, but it still persists in that respect especially for those who are yet to believe or, or reluctant to believe, refusing to believe. The, the law is also a reminder of guilt that we of ourselves are in a state of sin and we need salvation. Uh, we can't be saved by keeping the law, uh, although in theory, if anyone could keep the law, they'd be in a state of perfection. Mm. But uh, there's, there's been no one who ever kept the law except for Jesus Christ himself. But not only is law a reminder of guilt, it's also a means of right living. So the moral law there especially is valuable in that respect. And we need laws such as, well, which side of the road are we going to drive on? Uh, you may have seen those old black and white comedies mm. of people driving here, there and everywhere. It's much more useful when we make laws about things as, as simple as which side of the road to drive on because that means we can make sure that everything is done in a fitting and orderly way, although we're yet to achieve that on the road, of course. And then it's important to note that we are not sacrificing in order to meet the obligations of Old Testament legal requirements, mm. somehow to be right with God. But we, we're applying those laws that we find in the Old Testament that continue to be helpful and useful. So therefore we distinguish between between ceremonial law and moral law. Right. And you may be able to give us um, some examples, uh, David, um, about um, of the laws that are good uh, to apply today or ones that are ceremonial. You just mentioned yes. about uh, this difference. Yes, that's right. Well, the ceremonial laws are ones, ones which relate to the old covenant where people had to have enormous regulations about what to wear, and uh, where to live and what to eat and what to do and what to do on certain days. And those those things may persist to the extent that they serve us and are valuable. It's wonderful to see this in the example of the Apostle Paul, who said that he lived under the law. Mm. Now, he wasn't living under the law so that he'd be right by following the law, but he, he enjoyed applying the law. And uh, every every Christian is free to follow the law to the extent that they find it helpful and useful, but not by way of legalism, so that right. somehow we make it, we are making ourselves right with God by following those laws, or somehow imposing that upon others, 
So it would be wrong for me, Nick, to say, well, look, I, I like to follow this Old Testament precept and uh, you should be doing that as well. Otherwise, mm. you're not really saved or something. That's something that the Apostle Paul found uh, to be an abomination. And he used very strong language about those who were slipping back into somehow thinking that they were making themselves right with God through certain law, law um, abiding. Yeah. So but they but Paul, Paul, on the other hand, because he wasn't relying upon the law, he was free to follow it. Absolutely. Now, in, partic yeah. in particular, the moral law persists, the Ten Commandments, and uh, hugely the, 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 those wonderful two commandments on which all the others hang, uh, love God and love your neighbor. And, mm. and interestingly, yeah, love, love your neighbor as yourself, that comes from the book of Leviticus, which is full of all sorts of interesting laws and regulations, uh, which some, some, I think, can continue to be used and applied with, with, with profit, if I can mm -hmm. use that term, uh, others not so. Uh, but wonderfully, that one from chapter 19, uh, to, to love your neighbor as yourself, uh, who, who would have thought that that would come from Leviticus? But there it is. Yes. So, so the, the moral law persists, and particularly to love God and to love our neighbor, which is the basis of all good law, if only we could bring that back into our modern thinking. Absolutely, absolutely, David. You, you, you pointed out so well uh, there. And we may um, touch on, um, on this aspect during the program, if we have time, about, you know, the law, um, the ceremonial law and the moral law. You know, in uh, Deuteronomy, is, um, there is in, I think it's in chapter 31, if I'm not wrong, talking about that, that law which was given to Mo Moses, you know, like uh, referring to the ceremonial law a bit more, was to be put beside the Ark of the Covenant. But the Ten Commandments, the, the two tables of, uh, you know, with the moral law was to be put inside of the um, Ark of the Covenant. And uh, I wonder why people are confusing these two things today, you know, and uh, many people, many Christians today, they say that it's not required to keep the law because uh, the law has been done away with. And, you know, those mm. passages in the Bible was, says that Jesus wiped away, you know, uh, uh, the law which stand against us, but uh, actually was referring to that ceremonial law which stand against yes. us. Yeah, yes. well, let's see if we can um, touch on that a little bit more. But yeah, just very briefly in in a, in a sentence or two, what do you think? Why people and Christians, I will say more, uh, are uh, tempted to say that you know that the law is not uh, necessarily. Yes, yes. It's because they're not recognizing that, that God is revealing himself through the law. And, you know, when Jesus was uh, talking to the disciples on the walk to, the, to Emmaus, mm -hmm. it says that he opened up the scriptures to them, and it references the three portions of, all, of the Old Testament, uh, Torah, Nevim, and Ketuvim, the, the law, the prophets, and the writings. Right. So Jesus opened the law, the books of the law, the five books of Moses, to those two disciples and their hearts were burning as he pointed out himself there in the law, mm. the books of the law. So when we're exalting Christ, this is the key to all law-keeping. Are we exalting Christ? Is he honored by this? Mm. Uh, loving God and, and loving our neighbor uh, is what it's all about. Oh, absolutely. David, thank you so much for being with us and uh, uh, looking forward to see you back in the studio. But until then, uh, keep walking in the law of God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you. Uh, God bless you, David. David Lima from Family Voice Australia today with us. Uh, uh, may God bless you all.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Back in the studio here with uh, Tracy Papandreou, our um, co-host, regular co-host for uh, uh, this day. And uh, Tracy is, um, again, I need to mention this, is a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, South Australia, and a very passionate um, believer um, to share the good news of the gospel, mm. to share Jesus Christ with as many people as possible. Nick, my life has been improved so much by having God in it. And so, you know, I'm just enthusiastic about helping others to find that as well. Oh, absolutely, Tracy. And we always appreciate your um, input the, the, during this uh, program, you know, on drive time. And um, let's um, let's kick in, uh, you know, with, um, with this question, uh, why... Do you think, Tracy, God gave us the moral law? Well, God's a God of order, isn't Mm. he? We see that in everything. You know, he has order in creation, the way he has put things together. And um, I see it as a guideline or a code that he has graciously given to us to help us to know how how to live our lives in harmony with him and with others. I think it's as simple as that. He is the he was the creator. He's the one who's got the manual mm-hmm. on uh, what's going to be good for us, what's not going to be good for us, um, how uh, a society can work well together, etc. And um, you know, he he he's given us these these guidelines, if you like, um, to 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 help us to know what's going to what's going to work and what's not going to work. Right, right. I also think it was important because we know from the Bible that sin is in our DNA from the fall of Adam and Eve. That is our default position and we need the Holy Spirit to actually change that default position and transform us uh, as we as we walk in our journey and our our spiritual life with God. I'm reminded of Jeremiah seventeen nineteen, which says, "The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Without a standard that we can rely on, how are we to know if what in our heart?" is actually correct Mm. or not. Because if you think about it, um, whilst there's some things that your average person would say, yes, that's a terrible thing, um, a lot of of the time different people have different ideas about what's acceptable and what is not acceptable Mm. in our society. So God is sovereign. God has... um, uh, a future world that he's providing for his believers yes. and he's preparing us for that now about what the code of conduct is that's required for for his his kingdom mm. if if you like mm. um so so yeah that's that's probably how i would say why i think we've been given it yeah absolutely so we can be confident that if it is a guide um, a code, if you like, to help us to live our lives. Uh, all we need to do is to follow what is in the Ten uh, Commandments. And we can be sure to find our way to heaven. David mentioned about this, that uh, if, if we keep the Ten Commandments, I think we will be pretty well. Uh, well, you know, we have to be really careful. I mean, I was explaining to a girlfriend the other day, 
you know, about this balance with God, you know, this this, this important balance between justice and mercy. Mm. And uh, there's the same balance that, that's required here. Um, there's so many subtleties in the Bible, which is so it's in, so, why it's so important to study extensively. Um, we have that... Um, I don't know whether tension is the right word to to use, but but that that discrepancy bes- between keeping the commandments and Jesus Jesus it was the sacrifice mm-hmm. and everything he did was all I need to be to to if if I believe in him to to know that I'll be in heaven. It's impossible to keep those commandments on our own. Right. The Holy Spirit right. must transform us and that can only happen through our relationship with God and that's that's an ongoing sanctification journey and that's uh, that's uh, where uh, legalism could be um, uh, to, could creep in i, I believe exactly. because you can keep the 10 um, commandments you know by the letter of the law. Well, you can think you are, or, or, yes. Can, but you even <laughs> well, it's try in hard. Our thoughts and yeah. everything. Even so, if you try hard, yeah. let's say, yeah. you try hard to keep yeah. those ones, yeah. uh, but that's not enough because every single commandment will, you know, open a whole, you know, universe, if you like, about uh, each commandment uh, separately. Exactly. And, and you see, that's where... It's not enough just to keep those commandments like as a letter of the law, no. but to have your heart, changed. you know, transformed, changed in the likeness of God yeah. and and the giver of the law. Yeah, I think actually, and this is a huge generalization, but I think those who perhaps have not actually found that deep relationship with God and are doing their utmost in their own effort mm. to try and keep the commandments. They're often the ones who lack a smile, mm. for whom, you know, their religious life is not a joy, it's a burden. Um, you know, it, it, it lacks that fire, that joy that others looking on who perhaps are not believers should be able to look and see a joy in the heart of those who are Mm. Believers, you know, we need to be careful to understand that a desire to follow and keep God's commandments comes from a heart surrendered to the law. Yes. If a person doesn't understand that it's the Savior's death who paid the price for our sins committed, we run the risk of turning the process into legalism where we think we can get to heaven in our own efforts. I mentioned before the importance of reading extensively on the Bible on any subject because. Apparent contradictions like Jesus' sacrifice was enough and you must keep the commandments, these need to be weighed equally Mm -hmm. um, because there are these subtleties in understanding uh, when it's coming from the right place, it's coming from our relationship with God, our desire to keep the commandments. That's when um, we, we have joy, that's when we have Success. That's when we recognize that it's not us, but it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit that makes a difference. Mm. I just want to um, read out something from the Bible here, um, which would help us to understand about the importance of these things. So in Revelation twenty-two, fourteen to 15, it says, 
Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. So it's clear that the commandments are a key part of the entry ticket, right. if you like. Right. To eternity mm. and, and the life in mm. heaven. What I understand also from those uh, passages which you just read is that the law is protective to us. Mm. You know, it's like a wall, if you like, to, uh, to keep us safe rather than to be restrictive. And many people today look at the law as being restrictive rather than protective. Yes, yes. I tried to explain it to, um, a friend of mine years ago, and he he loved. He had this great bike. He mm. used to he used to actually race um, bikes years ago, um, and he used to. He said, you know, there's a particular street I love to just race down there, you know. And I and I tried to explain to him that the law is about telling you, you know, it's better to drive it. 80 mm-hmm. rather than 160 mm-hmm. because you're more likely to hurt yourself if you don't do it my way. Right. You know, right. Um, so, you know, that's that's a very, you know, w- uh, real world application. Absolutely. But, but yeah. yeah, that's 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 how I see it, that, um, mm. yeah, that's a gift from God. All right. Let, let me ask you another question, if I can, uh, Tracy. So what do you think? that may uh, have this, uh, this view that the moral law is not longer relevant, you know? Uh, why do you think that many will have this view? I actually think um, a lot of people don't take the time to study extensively what their Bible says. And there is that scripture that says that the law was nailed on the cross and I think, and all of these are generalizations, Nick, mm-hmm. I think the nature of man's heart, his deceitfulness, he has a desire actually to, to not want to be under some conformity, right. to not have a code, uh, you know. Um, I, I think I think so. Our, our tendency is to want to look for a way out, if you like, if we don't have the right view about what this, about the gift that this this law is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this tendency. You know, I I don't want to have a code. You know, and because also that code might help me see how wretched I am, and that's uncomfortable as well. It helps me to see that. I need that transformation, and that's a good thing. But but you know, not everybody's in a place that they're ready to actually be shown that. You know, I think also too, when you don't have that standard to 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 work by, it's easier to act on things. You know, God showed me that I should do this, and we know that the enemy will also plant things in your brain right. as well. Yes. Um, and and if we don't have that that code to go back to and refer and say, well, I feel like God showed me this. Could it be? And we need to um, 
refer everything back to the word to check on those things to give us that protection you know i've heard of situations i've 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 read in a book actually about a situation where a christian man he put his wife aside he divorced her right. because he felt that god was telling him that you know he, he was actually um i think he was an evangelist and he was uh, he felt that God was telling him, you know, this wife that I that you've got, she's going to hold you back, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got great things to do for me. And so he actually divorced her and found this other woman who, you know, was in his evangelism team and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, he, w- he was from a... Um, a uh, Religion that mm-hmm. that didn't really place too much emphasis on on family yeah. on, on family mm-hmm. and the law and all of that kind of kind of thing. It wasn't until years later when he came into this this revelation of the importance of the law and actually taking it on board and it not just being a bunch of words that we actually take it seriously and and look at okay um, it says that. That, I definitely don't have that bit right, and I've got to come up higher. God, please, please help me. You know, right. um, so so I think, unfortunately, and again, this is a generalisation. Our our defectiveness, our wretchedness, is is what makes us um, reticent to ab- embrace the law. I'll just throw in a personal experience of mine. So before I came to God, I've talked previously on this program about the fact that I always believed in God. But before I was born again, I was married. Um, I was a Catholic at the time. Um, And um, I'd been married for about five years and, you know, I'd kind of got a bit stale and Mm, and, mm. uh, um, it just wasn't working. And I really got to a point where I thought, you know, I actually don't love this man the way I need to. And I s- told my husband that it w- that it was over. Um, and that was fine until I found God and I wanted to be baptized. And I wanted to say to God, um, can you please close your eyes right. while I um, get this divorce over and then I'll get baptized and then everything will be fine. But I knew I couldn't do that with God. And... Um, what I actually got placed in my mind was actually, um, I can't say it was audible, but it was like a record going around and round in my head, which would not stop, mm. which was, I hate divorce. I hate divorce. I hate divorce because I had been the one who had had, had sought to finish the, the relationship. And so I went back to God and I said, well, I know what you're telling me is, is wrong. Um, but I don't love this man the way I need to. Mm, you need mm. to put this love in my heart for him, mm. you know, as a wife should have for a husband. And that's exactly what God did for me. I had more love for him after that than the day I walked down the aisle, actually. So, but that happened because I knew it was not correct. Right. I had I had come, become born again. I knew the importance of the law. And I knew what God said about that. And I knew if I wanted to find somebody afterwards, well, I'd be committing adultery. Mm, mm, I wasn't free mm. to go and do that. So, um, so, so, yeah, it's in, it, I think there we have a tendency to want to 
flick it away. Oh, Tracy, thank you so much for sharing that personal experience with us. And I believe there are many people who can relate to a similar situation. Mm. And um, there is no time actually to go into the program because probably we can talk only about this aspect, <laughs> yes. you know, of uh, how important is um, the law of God in all aspects of life. Yes. And even more more important in family. Yes. In yes. family, in the relationship, which today... Oh, that that's just not in place anymore. And that's uh, why we have so many problems. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. But yeah, uh, really appreciate um, sharing with us that. Now, um, so instead, um, we should embrace the moral law as a gift from God to guide and to help us to make good decisions in our life. What do you think about this? Well, I just... I do. I see it as a gift. I see it as, as God trying to, to help me to see my need of Him, my mm. need to be changed. God's our creator. He knows us best. He knows what will be good for us. And by extension of that society, when the desire to follow the commandments is an outpouring of the desire of the heart, which is being transformed by our relationship with the Lord and the touch of the Holy Spirit, then to embrace this gift is to line ourselves up for success in life. You know, this is actually, it's very interesting, you know, how the Holy Spirit works. Um, David actually quoted this um, scripture that I'm going to quote as well, which is Psalm 1. Um and Psalm 1 to 3 is what I wanted to highlight. It says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, mm. and in his law he meditates day and night. And this is the bit that I like too. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. You know, so, so, so again, why would we not see it as a gift from God when it's something to set us up for success in this life. Well, success in God's eyes, not in the world's eyes, for this life. Oh, that's that's a beautiful uh, passage indeed uh, from the Bible. I think we are um, in need to take a short break here, mm-hmm. maybe play a song, and then uh, uh, we'll come back uh, to continue our discussion. But I just want to remind our listener again that um, you can be part of this program. You can send us a text message to 0488880811 with a question, a comment, uh, a thought in regard to this um, topic. If uh, you believe that the law is still relevant, you may have an experience to share with us in a short uh, message. Um, Please do that um, uh, as we are going to take this break. Maybe you will have time to just uh, uh, message us. But also, I'm going to give you now uh, that free book which we have uh, uh, prepared for you today. And uh, that's a wonderful book actually called uh, To Build a Life. And uh, this is by Luke um, Heinemann, um talking about his own experience also in the book. Um, and he's using that uh, around that verse, which uh, you make reference on. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> um, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope mm-hmm. and a future. I'm not sure if it was you or, or David, but yeah, no, um, it might have been David. Ma- yeah, mention yeah. about this, mm-hmm. um, this one. But, um, yeah, this book is your, my dear mm. friend. If you send a text message to the same number, 0488880811 with the code SA36. SA stands for South Australia, number 36. No space in between them because then you may confuse the um, uh, robot. But yeah, our fr- friendly robot will ask you a couple of questions. And this book is yours. Free of charge, no obligation. Just don't hesitate to put your hands on it uh, right now. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
Welcome back to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and uh, Tracy Papandreou today talking about is the moral law still relevant. That was a beautiful song, uh, Tracy, also to love one another, mm-hmm. you know, uh, command, uh, commandment uh, of Jesus. And uh, that doesn't mean that uh, Jesus took away uh, the law, you know, right. uh, but he emphasized on um, our need, you know, to really uh, not just uh, keep the law, but practice <laughs> the law, the Ten you Commandments. Walk the walk, not just talk yes. the talk. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it's good to have you with us, uh, my dear friend, uh, listening to, to our program today. And, uh, again, uh, I'm inviting you to be part of this program by sending a text message and uh, ask a question or um, share a thought with us. Uh, the number is 04-8880-811. On the same number, uh, this is the book which we have for today, a wonderful book, our free offer. Tracy, would you like to share a little bit more about the book which we have for today. Yeah, sure. We're in the break. I was looking at the synopsis and it looks mm. really interesting. Um, the book is called To Build a Life and the byline is From Blueprint to Turnkey. So it's about not just the, the, the plans, but actually putting the plans into practice mm-hmm. so we can build a great life. And so what the synopsis uh, talks about is it, 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 it had actually that... Um, that uh, scripture that you quoted from Jeremiah, which is so beautiful about God having plans to prosper us. Um, and it says here, we love the sound of prosperity and an eternal future, yet we're not often fond of actually following God's plans. We're convinced that our own plans to pursue com- comfort, respect and influence are superior to what he has in mind. And the author, Luke Hyman, he was a Bible-believing Christian, but money and success were his gods, and he just didn't realize it. And, but when he finally did, he realized that he didn't have love, joy, or peace, and he wondered what life would be like if he did. He gave God 30 days to let him know why he didn't have them and how to get them. So he says in uh, the synopsis, God is in the business of answering sincere queries. It says Luke didn't find the answer overnight, but what he had been searching for in all the wrong places was as plain as day once he let God reconstruct his life. That sounds great. I think I mm. want to get my hands on that. All right. Well, we you just need to send us a text message <laughs> yes. with the code SA36. To the number zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. Now SA stands for South Australia. Number thirty six. No space in between them. And our friend, friendly robot, will ask you a couple of questions. And this book, it's on uh, his way to you uh, right now. Send the text message uh, with a request, Tracy. Uh, we have uh, not much time uh, left, but. Um, it's a very important topic today. We are looking at um, about the moral law and its uh, relevance. Uh, let me ask you another, um, you know, kind of question, or, or, or just just let me um, say this way: Can we talk about uh, maybe some practical examples of um, how embracing the moral law can assist us in life? 
So the moral law um, is encompassed in that we have a summary mm. in the Ten Commandments. So I'm going to concentrate on that. The first four of those commandments is about our relationship with God. It tells us to not have any gods before him, not to make any uh, carved images and bow down to them. Uh, it tells us to not take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, and it talks about um, uh, the Sabbath as well. So these are about these are, are given to us in a practical way to help us to judge whether my relationship with God is right and whether I'm putting him first in my life. These are things which I can sit and I can reflect on them mm. and say, do I have any other gods before before the Lord? I might not have a, a, a big, you know, sculpture of, of Thor in my li- living room that I bow down mm. to, mm. but... Are there other things? Has my house become a God for me? Right. Has my car become a God for me? Has the way I look become a God for mm-hmm. me? Um, these are given to us to help us uh, reflect and see where there is a gap there that we might need to work on. If we look at um, uh, the, the fourth commandment, which talks about keeping the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week aside as mm. a special day for God. That's about helping us to keep balance in our life, to reset from the craziness of the world. It ensures that we're being productive with our lives too, because that commandment is not only about remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It also talks about six days you shall labor and do all your work. So that ensures that it tells us it gives a command mm. you know be productive with your with your life it also tells us to look out for other people um, anyone that we may um, need to do work for us mm-hmm. for things it also tells us to allow them to rest as well so it's about ensuring that we have that balance in our life between um, being productive and having time set aside for God. You know, we need a time to reset and come away from the craziness, and that's what the Sabbath does. That's a practical um, application in our life for today. Mm-hmm. And my dear friends, stay tuned uh, for the next uh, few programs because we are going to touch on this a little bit more, maybe to just elaborate on uh, um, on that aspect which you just mentioned about uh, um, do the right thing. Uh, you are not a robot, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are a human being and God knew exactly what you need. Um, he knew how crazy it would be oh, in 2022. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, all right, uh, Tracy, um, let's look at the next um, six uh, commandments um, and to see how that relate to our, you know, to the fellow men. Um, yeah, what about them? What about those uh, uh, six commandments? Because you you refer to the first four commandments uh, pointed to God, mm, uh, but now you know in, it's interesting that four about the God, six about man. Mm, mm, yeah, interesting that, isn't it? Mm. Um, so, so the next commandment is honor your father and your mother, and you know I believe the ap- pra- practical application of this is about being conscious of our relationships with people who are close to us, um, being conscious of this 
law helps our family dynamics. It gives me that opportunity to reflect, am I honouring my father or mother when I do that? And also, too, if I read that out completely, honour your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There seems like there's some connection with longevity here also. Right. And I'm wondering whether this refers to better mental health and peace when we have that, when our close relationships are good, we've got less stress in our lives, that might also be a thing for while we might be able to live longer if we honor our father and our mother. Do you know that that's the only commandment which is followed by a promise? And that promise is that you live longer. Yes, yes, interesting, mm. interesting that. You know, I'm sure they'll find at some point in time, you know, well, they have already found that, you know, good relationships mm. are… Uh, Healthy. Um, yeah, they, they are a factor in terms of, you know, long long and healthy life. Right. So, so yeah. So, the next one um, actually talks about uh, you shall not murder. Mm. And, you know, a lot of us might go, well, I'm, I'm not a murderer. That's the last thing that I would be doing. Um, but we actually have to be careful that we take the spirit of the law as well. When we look at 1 John 3.15, which says, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Mm. That gives um, a glimpse into how we are to approach these laws, that we aren't supposed to just kind of look at them as, well, yeah, I don't murder people. Um, am I murdering somebody, in inverted commas? Yes. With my tongue? Yes. With my hate for somebody? Um, and again, this is practical because it gives us the opportunity to reflect and say, are my, all my relationships right? Do I need a change of heart, you know, with regards to how I'm viewing that person? Is there some rancor in my heart that remains? It's interesting that you, you mentioned that because um, in other parts of the Bible, now I was trying to think if it's in John or First John, uh, it says about the tongue, you know, that this little, uh, little uh, thing, you know, uh, can make so much destruction and, and, as you said, with a word, with yes. a bad word, you can kill someone. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. absolutely. It's, it's such a small part of our body which can uplift so much and do so much good mm -hmm. and can also do so much bad. And unfortunately, I'd say probably... Yeah. Many of us spend spend time yeah. I always, you know, negatively uh, with it. Yes, look, and we are all guilty yeah. of uh, of some of those uh, using the tongue uh, improperly. You know, I mean, yes. inappropriate. Uh, I meant to say, and I always have uh, a thing which I'm reminding myself, and I'm I would like actually even my um, dear listener to think of this um, this saying: think twice while you are speaking up once. You know, or before you, you before you speak, you know, um, repeat in your mind maybe a few times, you know, to see what you're going to say if it's okay or not, and you'll you'll realize that many times you'll not speak out. Mm, mm. We need to learn to bridle our mm, tongue, don't we? Mm. So, so yeah. If I look at the next commandment, and we're talking about practical applications of how the moral law can work for us today. So, the next one is you shall not commit adultery. Now, how would our society be different if everyone followed this commandment? Wonderful. You know, I yes, think about how really many, 
um, broken families there are, how many, you know, families where there's, you know, stepchilds, you know, children from this union, children from that union, you know, there's just so much confusion these days, um, you know, and, 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 and this just shouldn't be happening. Our society would just be so different if this was something that people upheld. But I also want to talk once again about the spirit of the law in this. Um, Matthew five twenty seven twenty eight, and this is Jesus speaking, and he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whosoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her mm, in his heart. Mm, mm. So again, he's reminding that, you know, it's not just about whether you actually got in bed with that person. Mm. You know, there's 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 so much there's so much more before it gets to that Absolutely. place. Absolutely. You know, and unfortunately people say it just happened. No, it didn't no. just happen. You allowed that to come into your consciousness and you spent time thinking that over. You know, yeah. um, oh, on this one, I have a, again another nice saying, you know, I think uh, with lots of wisdom, it says that um, you cannot stop the birds of the sky to fly above your head, but you can stop them making a nest on top of your head. <laughs> I you like know, that. yeah, because you see, that's that's with the with the thoughts, because you just said something that if somebody looked at the woman and if you stop there, then it will be a big problem, you know. Yes. I mean, we can look at, uh, yeah, exactly. at our fellow exactly. <laughs> being, you know. Uh, but it says if you look lastly, you know, if you're thinking, even if you don't go with her further, you know, but you think of that, you committed already a sin. And if you've got this in your mind mm. and you know that it's the spirit of the law, when your eyes begin to hold a little bit longer than they should, you begin, you pull yourself up and yeah. you know, hang on, this is this is not right. So uh, just looking at the next one, um, this is about you shall not steal. And again, spirit of the law. I might not be actually stealing, you know, millions from the bank, you know, but am I taking pencils home from work, mm. you know, am, am, am I stealing um, company time by, you know, by playing on the internet a little bit when it sh- when I should be working, all of those kinds of things, you know, we need mm. to be upright as Christians. And the next, um, the next one is about, um, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And this is, again, comes back to the tongue, you know, and it can be so damaging when people will lie and slander others. It can damage a person's reputation. It can not, it can cut off the opportunity for them to have a good relationship yes. with somebody that they haven't yet met. All of those kinds of things we have to be really careful about. And the next one, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, wife, you know, the car, the, yeah. the, you know, all of that kind of thing. And <sighs> covetousness just brings discontentedness. You know, often a person can be happy until they see something else that somebody else has got. You know, and and when they allow that covetous those covetous covetousness thoughts mm. to come in, that just breeds discontentedness and takes our eyes away on from all of the great things that God has given us. God knows what we need, mm. um, and 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 He gives us accordingly. So so yeah, I just think um. 
hopefully the listeners have seen that those are some practical ways mm. that you know, really incorporating and being aware of the moral law can actually bring into our lives. And, and why not should we stand up and be the ones who maybe society is mm. going to the pot all around us, but we can do our part and perhaps, you know, try to be a good example, not because we want to earn brownie points, but because we want to be a great representative for God. Wonderful, wonderful, Tracy. Thank you for uh, sharing with us. And I believe as we promote the book, uh, To Build a Life, uh, that's God's intention, you know, to build up our life. This We fall into sin and uh, all the headaches, uh, but God is in a business of uh, building our life and for eternity, Amen. for eternity. Amen. Again, that book is yours, my dear friend. If you send a text message uh, right now in the last minute of this uh, program uh, with the code SA36 and the book To Build a Life is yours. May God uh, bless you as you will read this book. But right now, uh, Tracy, we are... Uh, you know, to the end of the program, and uh, I would like to just uh, thank everyone uh, uh, who contributed to the whole week to bring together all these questions about the relevance of the law of God. And um, we're inviting uh, our um, listeners, you know, to join us again because we are going to we are going to look into something very beautiful uh, next week. And I mentioned a bit earlier that. You are not a robot. That's the theme for next week and uh, some good questions coming up. Don't miss next uh, programs. Until then, may God richly bless you and uh, continue to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and learn from God what to do with your life because he gave us the Bible as uh, the manual, if you like, mm. uh, for us all to live a wonderful life. God bless you, and I'm leaving you with uh, a song called um, Where the Mercy Flows. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.